We find most joy in life when we're helping other people and when we're solving problems that we're passionate about solving, that that this is where we find our real significance and we get to be proud of the life we live. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 118 with Joshua Becker. If you've ever gotten curious about minimalism, the name Joshua Becker might sound familiar. Becker's Becoming Minimalist blog started as a way of sharing his own journey to minimalism and has grown to over a thousand articles, books, courses, and more. As always, Joshua is a humble evangelist for the benefit and beauty found in a life of minimalism. Stay tuned. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor today. The Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast is brought to you by Tiny House Decisions. Tiny House Decisions is my signature resource that helps you go from dream to plan to even building your tiny house. I'll tell you more about it after the show, but all you should know right now is that I'm offering 20% off for podcast listeners. Just head over to thetinyhouse.net slash THD and use the coupon code TINY. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD, coupon code TINY. All right, I am here with Joshua Becker. Joshua Becker is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of The Minimalist Home, The More of Less, Clutter Free with Kids, and Simplify. He's the founder and editor of Becoming Minimalist, a website dedicated to intentional living visited by over 1 million readers every month. His blog was named by Success Magazine as one of the top 10 personal development websites on the internet. He is also the co-creator of Simplify Media, the parent company of Simplify Magazine and Simple Money Magazine. His online course, Uncluttered, has helped over 45,000 people declutter their homes and live a more intentional life and his YouTube channel has over 100,000 subscribers. He is also the founder of The Hope Effect, a nonprofit organization changing how the world cares for orphans. Currently, he lives in Peoria, Arizona with his wife and two teenage kids. Joshua Becker, welcome to the show. Well, it is my pleasure. It is good to see you again. We go back a few years, huh? We do. I believe we met at a minimalist-themed conference put on by a mutual friend. That is true, man. How many years ago was that? We were in um, Minneapolis, but did we, uh, we had, I think it was 2015. We had never met when I lived in Vermont, huh? We didn't meet until that. Nope. So the basement in Minneapolis. It takes two Vermonters have to meet in a basement in Minneapolis. <laughs> Simple Rev was the name of the Simple conference. Rev. That's right. Shout out to Joel Zaslavsky. Hopefully his ears Indeed. are tingling. So I, I've, I'm really excited to have you on the show um, because I've been intentionally branching out beyond just tiny house people to kind of include some, to widen the circle a little bit and just bring in some, some viewpoints that I think are really complementary. So I was hoping we could just start off kind of with a, a basic, like a crash course of just how do you define minimalism in the way that you talk and write about it? Yeah. Um, so minimalism, my 
my broader definition is minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things I most value by removing anything that distracts me from it. Um, so minimalism, for me, when I first heard it and first got it started, it was about removing the physical possessions from my life that I didn't need. And there's probably a, a surface understanding of like, I'm just sick of taking care of all this stuff and cleaning it and organizing it. And I just want to simplify my stuff and, and own less. But as I started doing that, I started really realizing that there are some pretty deep questions that were emerging about like what is important to me and what do I want to accomplish with my life and 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 who do I want to be and what is important to me and I I started realizing that that the process of minimizing those possessions really forces intentionality onto us and forces questions of, of values and minimalism is always going to look different from one person to another, but it's always about the same thing. It's about doing more of what's important to me uh, by getting rid of those things that distract me from it and start out as possessions, but certainly broadens into, you know, the, the time commitments and relationships and habits and, you know, a lot of other things kind of spring from that whole definition. Yeah, I can see how it really getting rid of of things that you don't value or don't need is really just the starting point and and big questions can really come up when you start to do that work. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really about like the best way to explain it is it's about becoming more intentional with with life um with 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 my I always say Becoming intentional with my finite resources, like we all have finite time and energy and money, like some have more of any of those things, but it's always a finite number, even days of my life is some sort of finite number, and so becoming intentional with how i how I use all of them i like we started getting rid of things, and it was just like why like why did I buy all this stuff in the first place? It was a very unintentional way to to spend my money certainly there were things that were more important to me than closets full of junk and yet for some reason that's what i was chasing and accumulating yeah i was just catching up on on your latest youtube video or recent one which was the the joy of one and kind of talking about how we all feel so compelled to own multiples of things because if we like owning one of them why not own multiple? And so my question for you is how many black V-neck t-shirts do you own? Uh, uh, I have probably four or five black V-neck t-shirts. And I think there are three white V-neck t-shirts, one blue one and one gray one that are currently hanging in my, hanging in my closet. So nice. last Last a week. And they all match they all match the same accessories. That's my big one. I, I had I used to have like black belts and brown belts and black shoes and brown shoes. I was really trying to kind of cut those things down. And yeah. 
Mike, why don't I just own things that match black shoes and a black belt? And so that was always been my my filter for pants or shirts. If I can wear the if it matches a black shoes and a black belt, then I can add it to my. I love repertoire. it, and I I appreciate the answer because I I mean the question was asked seriously, but also kind of in jest because you you do have that signature black V-neck T-shirt in like all of your your photos, so. Yeah. Just wanted to I mean I guess I guess my question really is like are there any rules to minimalism that you can cuz as you said like it it's about what is works for for the individual rather than, you know, a blanket thing for everyone, but what are some of the rules or guidelines? Well, there certainly aren't any rules. I think there are things that look like rules because as people pursue this lifestyle, they they all tend to run into some of the same things and some of the same thinking, which someone on the outside might like be, oh, that must be the, that's how you do it. That's the rule. And I mean, there's no rule book anywhere, certainly. I, I'm, I'm always pretty clear to mention that minimalism is going to look different from one person to another, and it should, and it has to. I mean, a single guy in his 20s is going to own something different than a newlywed couple is going to own something different than uh, a, a family with two young children or a family with four teenagers or empty nesters. Like the stage of life is going to change what we own. The, the places that we live is going to change what we, what we own. We live in an apartment in the city or a house in the suburbs or a farm out in the rural countryside. Like That's going to change what we own and what we need to keep. And our jobs are going to change all that. A, a minimalist dentist is going to own something different than a minimalist writer or a minimalist school teacher, but I think they can all pursue minimalism, but what they own is going to look going to look very different from one person um, to another. But you know, I I think most people who pursue this lifestyle end up like slimming down their their closet and the clothes that they wear and they're like I just don't need 100 things in my closet anymore. My my life functions better if I just find this capsule wardrobe. It's just one less thing to think about and one less stress in my life. And whether, I don't know how, I think a good percentage of them, at least if they start in a, a large house, end up moving into a, into, into a smaller home. Not everyone, but it seems to happen for quite a few people. And they just tend to tend to fall into this thinking of, I I don't need to own uh, a lot of stuff, but the stuff that I am going to own is going to be nicer and it's going to be my favorite. And so I don't need a dozen coffee mugs. I can only use one at a time. So <laughs> might as well be my favorite one that I, that I keep and, and that I use. And so certainly there's some flexibility there as well. But Awesome. You mentioned this in the beginning, and and I wrote down a quote. I'm not sure which which book it's from, but um, the goal of or the goal of minimalism is not just to own less stuff. The goal is to unburden our lives so we can accomplish more. And I was curious, you know, once someone kind of gets a handle on the physical possessions, you know, 
where do you see people taking minimalism and where where do we apply it after, you know, we're living in the tiny house. We don't own a lot of things. Got that under control. Like, where does this branch out to? So, um, yeah, a, a couple different things to um, to answer that. Maybe, maybe I'll start with when I when, uh, can you give me the quote again. The goal of minimalism isn't to own less stuff; it's to uh, unburden, our unburden lives ourselves. So we can accomplish more. Yeah, um, so we can accomplish more. So, um, brilliant, by the way, brilliant. I yeah, whoever wrote that, just what a guy. I don't know which book that is in either, but it's fantastic. Written a lot of words in my life. <laughs> so. What minimalism does is it frees us up to pursue joy, to pursue happiness, to pursue life elsewhere um, from material possessions. So I probably a lot of your listeners are already at that point where like their goal of life isn't to own the biggest house and the nicest neighborhood and all the stuff that they possibly can. So they've kind of overcome that. So the next question then becomes, where am I going to find life and where am I going to pursue joy and where am I going to pursue meaning and significance? And it looks very different from different people. For some people, their first reaction is, I just want to travel the world. So I'm going to own less so I can travel more, or I want to own a tiny home so that I can go travel and see the world. Others, it might be I want to have as much money in my bank account as I possibly can. So a tiny home allows me to do that or finding minimalism allows me to do that. Or others are, I, I, I don't want to work more than 20 hours a week or the four hour work week, right? Like, and I can accomplish that if I don't have to buy a lot of things. And so where we, where we go search for life outside of material possessions is always going to look different from one person to another. I don't, I don't know where exactly that sentence came up, but I make a, I make a pretty big case in, in the more of less and in general in my writing that we find most joy in life when we're helping other people and when we're solving problems that we're passionate about solving. That that this is where we find our real significance and. At the end of our life, we get to be proud of the life we live because, because we solved things that we are passionate about solving, or at least worked to solve things that we are passionate about uh, about solving. And so, I think experiences are great. I think getting ahead financially is great. I I just think the the most significance we find is when we when we live generous lives, serving and and helping others. And um, then the second part of that of your question, like owning fewer things allows us to do that. Getting real clear on our on our schedules and and what commitments we have, and are the are the the things that I'm spending my time on contributing to living that bigger life, or are they they keeping me from living that bigger life? Are the, the habits that I have in my life, are they keeping me from living my biggest life or are they contributing to it? The people in my life. 
Yeah, all those, I think in all those different, the way I'm spending my money, all those things I think come into question. Are there any areas of your life that you intentionally don't apply minimalism to? Well, yeah, um, absolutely. Because I, because the, the, the goal, the goal is to live a, a, a bigger, more significant life, at least for me, that's the goal. And like I said, it doesn't have to be that way for everyone. Although I would make the case that that's the best way to, to live your life going forward. So I just had someone on Twitter just a couple days ago, they, at the bottom of my website, it mentions that there's, that we have 1 million readers every single month and they like screenshot the the picture and they sent it to me and they're like if you were so minimalist why do you care about how many people are reading your blog that doesn't sound very minimalism to me and um i'm like what i I hope you i hope the person isn't listening because i feel real bad but i'm like you're you're totally missing the point of of minimalism like i own fewer things so that i can make a bigger difference in the world. I, I don't want to minimize the amount of love that I show to people. I, I don't want to minimize the, the number of people that, that I can reach or impact or have a positive influence on. I, I want to do more of that. Um, and owning fewer things allows me to, to maximize my life in that way. Yeah, I, I really like that speaking to, and it just goes back to the living intentionally theme which is you know you minimize you minimize some things so you can do more i mean i joke that like you know my wife and i are big into skiing and like there are so many different types of skis that one can own for varying conditions and you know i'm unapologetic about i am not minimalist in the ski department because it's something that i love to do and and having these different tools in my toolkit allow me to enjoy the outdoors more frequently and so i i I caution tiny house dwellers away from feeling like they have to become like a monk living in your in your tiny house you know you can still have things that you enjoy and and you can even have collections of things if they if it brings you joy yeah yeah or or it um and it so if I were to go back to my whole premise that that helping others, that making a difference, that that this is where we find our most satisfaction in life, that doesn't mean that I don't own skis or it doesn't mean that I, I don't have a, a television. Like there can be, there's a benefit to rest and there's a benefit to having life outside of what I'm doing because it it allows me to come back and do what I do well when I'm able to have that, have that time away. It's just when that, when those pursuits of those other things begin to detract from, um, from the things that do contribute to my purpose in life. Yeah. That's a cool, that's a great lens to look at it through. It's just like, is this, is this contributing to my purpose and what I want to, to create or is it taking away from it? Yeah. I'm curious where you see overlaps between, you know, the tiny house movement and the minimal, the minimalist 
movement? Like, do you do you get a lot of people who are aspiring to live in tiny houses or or do? Well, that is a good question. Um, uh, well, there's a ton. I mean, a ton of overlap between tiny house living and minimalism. Obviously, I think most people who live in a tiny home have embraced minimalism to to one extent or the other. So there's a ton of overlap. My uh, my writing, uh, my heart, my my passion, the person that I want to reach hasn't been the person who's in a tiny home already. Like my heart has always been for the the family in the suburbs who is overspending what they have and is wasting too much time and money taking care of things when there's a, a better way. Like that's the person I've always wanted to reach because that's the person that I was. I was in the suburbs and I owned too much stuff and my neighbor introduced me to minimalism and I'm like, where's this been my, my entire life? And so that's who I've always r- written for and, and wanted to reach. And it's probably the largest cross section of people who, who do read my website. Uh, I think people who are living that lifestyle, who want to move into a tiny home, I, there's a lot of resources there and a lot of help and, Oh, I can see this now and I can see how we can how we can get there. So that that I think there's a lot of those types of readers, but once they've gotten there or like they're they've gotten rid of all their stuff and they're just building the home now, like once they've kind of solved that issue, um I think some people come back to becoming minimalist and like yeah this is good it helps remind me why we're doing what we're doing and um helps me think through some some different things in different ways i think you've done a a wonderful job of kind of bringing in some some real philosophical kind of thinking and and mindfulness into your writing because you know it's it's like you can only write so many blog posts that are like own less stuff just just own less stuff um so to keep going it's clear that you've really connected with with a purpose and with a kind of philosophy around it which it's it's great it it makes the reading really enjoyable yeah i yeah i appreciate that i mean i i think i started noticing pretty on pretty early on how owning less was impacting my life in all these different ways and how owning less was was bringing up thoughts around gratitude and generosity and contentment and leading a living a fulfilled life and so that's always where the writing has gone and has has been about I have another quote for you that I wanted to ask you about um and this one's from Clutter Free with Kids um which is don't just declutter, de-own. I was curious if you could elaborate. What do you? What's the difference? Um. Yeah. Uh, I re- I remember. I remember writing that blog post and and people loving it. Ever since then, they've they've really liked the the phrasing. Uh, and I suppose a good alliteration does that. Um, but 
you know, for me, it was, it was this moment of like, there are a lot of books about decluttering and there's a lot of books about organizing your stuff better. And um, there's a lot of people who, who like want to get rid of this surface level stuff. Like I, I just want to declutter this, my things. I don't want to really question everything about my life. I just want to, I just want to declutter my stuff. And so the, the blog post was about, Hey, and the quote was, is about, Hey, you, if you feel this need to declutter, like, don't stop there, like really start challenging yourself and challenging your assumptions about how much you need to own going forward. So many people, they declutter and they go buy a bunch of stuff and they declutter and they go buy a bunch of stuff. It's like this constant, never moving anywhere, um, never making any progress going forward. And so the blog is about really starting to challenge your assumptions about how much you need to own and how much your life would improve if you really started questioning everything that you're keeping and, and owning and beginning to see possessions in a, a new, different way. Cool. Yeah. So when you started this journey in 2008, you had two, two young children, a toddler and a, you know, a five-year-old. And now they're teenagers, um, teenagers known to rebel against their parents and, you know, not always be the most cooperative. So I'm curious, um, have, have they embraced minimalism as well? Um, my, uh, my, my kids have so far, who knows what they'll do when, when they're out on their own. Right. I guess that's all parenting. We, we do our best to model values and teach values and, um, hope that our kids will keep them when they go forward, but who, who knows, you know, they'll make their own decisions, um, once they get older until now. So my son is 17 and my daughter is 14 and, and, and yeah, um, their rebellion, it doesn't seem to be around material possessions, uh, so much. And I, and I'm, I'm quick to say if my kids were 17 and 14 and I first heard about minimalism and I came home and I said, we're getting rid of everything. Like it would have been a lot more difficult than it was when they were five and two, <laughs> um, starting this journey. And so they've, they've seen it for 12 years. Um, they know why we live our lives the way we do, um, why we make the decisions that we do and why we spend our money on the things that we spend it on and, and not on other things. And so there's been 12 years of them hearing that and, and understanding that. So they don't have, um, uh, they, they have some money on their own, but it's not like they got a, you know, full-time income coming in where they can go spend a whole lot of money anyway on things, but, but there's enough that, that they could go waste it if they wanted to. But I, it seems to me that a lot of those values have, 
um, been passed down onto them. Probably because we've been doing it for so long. Certainly it is a little more difficult if they're older. Yeah, I like I like that answer and it 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 makes a lot of sense. I don't have children myself, but but that they understand the why and that they can see the benefits for themselves rather than it being something imposed. And I would imagine that would extend beyond children just to, you know, anyone in your life that you're trying to convince or, you know, do this with that they need to see the why for themselves. Yeah, I'm uh, when it comes to kids, I'm I'm a big fan of over explaining to kids. I mean, I, I think that any decision we make as parents for our children, we we should be able to explain why we're making the decision that we're making. And our kids don't always agree with it, but at least they know we have a reason. If we can't come up with a reason, then maybe, we, you know, we should be flexible in that decision that we uh, decision that we made. And my my attitude has has always been focusing on the the positives of owning less and the the positives of minimalism. I I mean I grew up for years hearing about the negatives of materialism and the negatives of consumerism and why you shouldn't buy more than you need and all these evils around like all these evils of consumerism like I I saw the negatives over and over again but it it never caused my life to change until but I but I never really heard anyone say, and let's talk about how owning less improves our life and, and frees us up to do whatever it is that we want to do. And so I think my kids have had 12 years of me talking about the benefits of, of owning less and um, certainly has been resonating with them and, and with others. Do you have a favorite experience that was enabled? by your minimalist lifestyle? Oh, I mean, I, um, I mean, the, my most favorite, most significant was that we started a nonprofit called the hope effect, um, that is, uh, changing how the world cares for orphans and is help getting, uh, orphan children out of traditional orphanages and, and placing them into families like uh, like they deserve. And that that all came about because of pursuing minimalism and then signing a book deal and not needing the money to buy a bigger house or bigger screen television or brand new car. And so we we used the money to to start the the nonprofit. So that's probably the most significant, most favorite thing that we've been able to do because of minimalism. But probably one of the most life-changing happened much earlier on. We started in May and we started getting rid of things and selling some of them and we stopped buying. This was May 2008, uh, five and two or three, my daughter was. And at the end of that summer, so three or four months later, maybe early August, we had saved a bunch of money and we had sold a bunch of things. And we were in Vermont and we, we went to the beach, I think a beach in New Hampshire for like an overnight thing that 
it was a very clear, hey, here's extra money and money that we've made selling things and not buying things. And so we had this wonderful experience as a family that we probably wouldn't have been able to afford earlier. And it was the, like the, just this very clear moment of, man, if we were buying less stuff, we could do more of this and just made the connection very real um, in my mind. Nice. So you offer, you have a lot of different things. You've got, you know, a blog with thousands of articles, um, magazines, an online course, and an app. Um, For a listener, and I'm sure there are listeners who are going to be interested in in pursuing minimalism after listening to this, um, you know, how do they, how do they get started? Where should they, where should they go first? Well, number one, you don't need to buy anything if you don't need to buy anything. So 12 years ago, my neighbor introduced me to minimalism and that was all I needed. Like, I think I went online and read an article called a guide to creating a minimalist home on Zen Habits, which is still the best article that's ever been written on the on the topic. And I and I read it and it was all I needed. Like I'm I was in. I was gonna figure this out in my house. And I was reading other articles, I guess, and blog posts and things that were kind of steering me in that direction. But it wasn't like I needed a course or um, needed a big book about how to do this. So a lot of people fit that at that um, personality type. And if you don't need to buy anything, don't buy anything. I wrote The Minimalist Home because I realized that there were a lot of people who wanted to own less, but they weren't my personality type where I was like, I don't, I don't need, I don't want to read a book. I just want to figure it out for myself. There are others who like the book and like the do this room first and look for these types of things to get rid of. And um, some people really like that. So that's what the minimalist home is for. The app is uh, called Clutter Free. And it's just a, a new and different way to do it. Things that, you know, an app can do that a book can't, like track your progress and take photos and compare it all in the app and cross things off and provide some inspirational articles that pertain to you specifically. And so I, I, I try to... My goal is to help people own less stuff uh, and live more life to do it. And that looks different for different people. So I'm always putting out resources to help different personality types, um, different people at different points in the journey. That's great. Yeah. So there's a real real toolkit from from DIY, just from reading a blog post or two, all the way up to an app and, and an, even an online course. Yeah, I did the course. And I, I, I still get upset. It's a, it's a 12-week course. And um, we, we, I interact every single day with these people as they're going through it. We do live question and answer times. And every time I offer the course, somebody says, why would you need to take a course? Just get rid of the stuff that you don't need. And I, I get really upset every time because I know that there are, there are some people who can just do that. That was me. But there are people who need more and they, 
They want more interaction and they want more accountability and they want more community and they need it in order to accomplish this in their life. So I think it's pretty prideful when some people are like, well, why would you need to offer a course? I'm like, because some people need it and that's the best way for them to succeed in this process. Nice. Thanks for letting me get a little upset. Yeah, yeah no, nope. my, my pleasure. <laughs> um, once you've become a minimalist, how do you stay a minimalist? Are there, do you kind of intentionally kind of check in with yourself on any kind of weekly, monthly, yearly basis? Like, is there an, is there an operating system here? Um, for me, it's, it's just been, um, like a, a, a feel thing is probably the best way for me to explain it. Um, there's a owning less and wanting less are a little bit different. There's a, there's a lot of people who want to declutter. There aren't a lot of people who want to overcome consumerism in their life. Like it's a, a pretty different mindset. But as you begin to own less and see the benefits of it, then the desire to go buy things starts to wane and, and starts to fade a little bit in your life, which I've discovered over the years. I just am less inclined to want to buy anything and want to bring anything new uh, into my home. But life still happens. I mean, we're still a family of four and growing kids and changing passions and hobbies. And so things still accumulate in my home. And for me, there isn't any like every six months I go through my home and every year, every it's not, it doesn't, it's not that way for me. It's more like, hey, this pantry sure got full at some point in the way or sure seems like there's more clothes in this closet than I'm used to having. And so when I feel that way, I, I just go through and get rid of what, get rid of what I, what I don't need. Got it. So it's more of a, it's a feeling that comes up for you, almost like you're out of alignment with your values and you can feel that. And so you kind of re-examine. Yeah. I, you know, for so much of my life, I, I didn't think at all about how much of a burden my possessions were. And the goal was just to buy more and more and have more and more and not really see the, the downside of living with too much. But once I could see it and feel it and started realizing a, a better life owning less, I think I'm a little more in tune to think there's more here than we need to. And um, this is no longer benefiting my life. So one thing that I that I like to ask all my guests uh, is for, you know, favorite books on on their topic. Um, so who are some of your favorite, you know, thinkers or writers or books um, about minimalism? And I'll say that you're one of mine. So you you don't have to but you can say yourself if you want to. No, I uh, I appreciate that. Um, uh, some of the people who have shaped me the most, um, Leo Babauta at zenhabits.net. He was like the first person that I started reading and um, inspired me a lot. Uh, Courtney Carver at bemorewithless.com. 
has uh, always been a, a favorite of mine and uh, challenged me early on in clothing and simplicity beyond physical possessions. And then uh, 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 a guy named Randy Elkhorn, he's a, he's a Christian writer, and he wrote a book called Money, Possessions, and Eternity. And, uh, and he shaped a lot of my thinking and a lot of my views on, on money and possessions. So those are probably the, the three that have shaped me the most. I, I don't know if there's anyone, this is probably bad to say. I, I don't, there are other bloggers that I read and, and other people that I read on the topic and interesting viewpoints and seeing people come up from different angles and different passions in life and different stages of life, I think is helpful to me, but I don't know if there's been any new books lately that have really inspired me in this way. So I keep going back to, to those that were kind of shaping me early on. Nice. Well, Joshua Becker, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. This was a great conversation. Well, I only regret that it took you so many years to invite me on, but I finally made the cut. So thank you for the invitation. Well, can't, can't change the past, but I'm glad it finally happened. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much to Joshua Becker for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes from today's episode, including links to all of Joshua's great recommendations at thetinyhouse.net slash 118. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 118. Also, don't forget to check out Tiny House Decisions, my signature resource on planning and building your tiny house at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD. Well, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.